0: This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. You
1: set up on the on
0: the laptop. Yeah, my uh, my iMac hasn't seen a lot of use in some time.
1: <laughs> it's funny when that happens.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've just kind of gone full circle in a, in a weird kind of way. Yeah. So I, w- I was always like, you know, like laptop, laptop, laptop. It was all about the laptop, and then I kind of wanted to step away from that and have uh, like a, a dedicated space which obviously the iMac slotted right into yeah now it, it it's kind of all flipped
1: around all, all over again it's weird i've been through um similar kind of back and forths with sort of laptops and desktops myself i used to run a, a mac mini for quite a while because i had like a, a separate machine for doing the the video mixing stuff that i used to do so i'd have like a, I had a macbook pro It was like the the 2008 model and that was dedicated to running video and kind of good to go you know it was ready to go in a a kit bag almost um, for sort of gigs um, that I thought I was going to be doing and then life kind of worked out otherwise Um, and then while I was sort of in that that kind of phase I had um, a Mac Mini that was my desktop as well sort of about 18 months after getting the MacBook Pro simply to just sort of have that sort of designated space and designated task, you know, so I could sort of put the other machine down and then go and use the, the desktop for sort of desktop duties.
0: Mm. It's kind of weird because I find it, in, in a lot of ways it, it's, um, I've almost got like a bit of negative association with the space now where the iMac is. Okay. And I don't know why. I don't know why. I kind of get there and I sit down and I'm, I just feel a bit like, mm. I can't put my finger on what it is. Hence, I'm struggling to describe it. Yeah, there's something about the space where I find at the moment, certainly, and this might just be like a passing thing. If I were to grab my laptop and just go and perch at the breakfast bar or, you know, go and sit on the sofa, I feel, I don't know. um, I don't know how, I just feel like I can, I feel more productive. I know that much. Um, Maybe I, I went through a phase of feeling unproductive on the iMac and then maybe that's kind of tainted it a little bit for me in my mind. Yeah, uh, it's, it's odd. I can't put my finger on what it is, but I know that I definitely feel more relaxed, more. Uh, what's the word? Yeah, I don't, I, see, I can't even describe what I'm feeling, but <laughs> it's like, I, I know it's there. <laughs> it's odd. It's very, very odd. Uh, just, just a, maybe it's just a change. Maybe it's just a change that I'm liking. Maybe that's what it is.
1: And that's that's perfectly valid too. Um, I'm wondering if there's an element though of of like because you have to put yourself in the room where the iMac is and that is away from the rest of your family and you've kind of got a you know switch mode that it, there's actually a bit of an inertia there when when you have to to go and use it because mm. you also have to sort of you know say goodbye to everybody I'm off to work it over here now and, and that naturally sort of puts down that that kind of block between you and everybody else
0: it does and there's also a level of guilt as well I think on my part because I feel kind of quite antisocial and just kind of not being very involved if I'm sort of take myself away to be upstairs it's kind of quite purposeful the act of going upstairs is like I'm going upstairs now to work on my iMac and no one disturbed me kind of thing um and it doesn't have to be that way I mean people just you know I get disturbed all the time that's fine but it's kind of yeah I just feel like I'm I'm sort of stepping away from from everything else when I when I sometimes don't need to yep because there's quite a lot of times, like this afternoon, Heather was doing some painting with Charlie on the floor. I'd made myself a coffee, I made Heather a coffee, and I just flipped open the laptop and kind of did some stuff while still kind of being able to partake in some small way in what was going on. Whereas, you yeah, know, if it, if it was kind of like you know, going upstairs to the to the iMac in the kind of back bedroom office thing we've got, then, yeah, it would have felt like a bit isolating, I guess. Maybe that's part of it, a bigger part of it as well.
1: In any case, it's kind of sounding like the the iMac's not really meeting all of your needs and your uses right now.
0: Sort of, yeah. Um, I suppose the biggest thing is that I, we briefly touched on this, didn't we? When was it? Kind of maybe like October last year. Pretty soon after you got your laptop at Paperkite, I kind of started talking about it, and I think my biggest thing was that well, it's still not as powerful as my iMac despite the iMac being out of 2014 and your laptop being out of 2017. I, I don't think I could have in good conscience kind of downgraded like that in a sense. Um, yeah. But now it's kind of the deal has changed. It's like I would be upgrading if, even if I went back to a laptop, uh, especially with the 6-core i7. So, yeah, in that in that sense, it kind of makes it seem more, more appealing. Um, it's not a massive, massive bump, to be fair. Um, Single-core is a little bit higher, but yeah nothing nothing drastic uh multicore goes from i think it's i think the iMac clocks in at around 15000 16000 perhaps and i believe the base model 15 inch um 6 core comes in at around 21 so that's a fairly big very big jump Yeah, that's, there. that's
1: that's quite a big difference
0: yeah So in terms of power yeah i mean i, I could definitely um could definitely live within a macbook i think The only question for me, or two questions for me, is number one, can I live on 16 gig of RAM? Because I splashed out with the iMac and got 32 gig of RAM, although not through Apple. I mean, that really would have been splashing out. Um, I got one of those like crucial RAM kits um, once I bought it. Yep. Yeah. Could I, I would be kind of halving my memory if I just went for the base model. So would that be a problem? Number one. Number two, could I live inside a 256 gig SSD and I don't? know the answer to that question <laughs> <laughs> i struggle with a 512 right although i have been having a bit of a cleanup and i'm within 256 so it's kind of like how long can i stay there is is kind of the
1: question that's certainly something you can trial at the moment
0: yeah well i i've been kind of just generally clearing things up in general like i've got external drives that are holding more kind of you know infrequently accessed stuff so what i've actually got on my laptop mostly is just um the os my programs which is, you know xcode and design programs and then my projects that i'm working on so i didn't ought to take up 256 gig i wouldn't have thought i'd probably keep photos off of my laptop i think because that's all within iCloud um, yeah i don't really like viewing my photos on my on my computers for some reason it just doesn't seem like a decent way of viewing photos, so I kind of stick to the iPhone and the iPad, and the Apple TV does quite a lot for us in that sense as well. So, yeah, um, for actually looking through
1: albums and stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, and and the sharing and all that stuff. It just doesn't feel fully baked somehow on the Mac um, with the Photos app. It doesn't, something doesn't feel right about it for me. So yeah, I've I looked at how much my iMac is worth uh, on eBay, um, yep. and it seems to be around. 1350 to £1,500 pounds is kind of what the going rate seems to be. Um, I didn't realise, but on eBay, you can search for an item. Then in the filters uh, on the left-hand side, if you're on a computer, you can just show sold items. And then it That's gives you right. the prices yeah. that they sold. for. I didn't know you could do that. This is like a revelation for me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's awesome. It turns out to be a pretty slippery slope because then I was like, hmm, kind of just looking around my room at like anything that might have any kind of value, <laughs> sort of typing it into eBay and seeing what all my stuff was worth. Because um, I've got so much rubbish up in that office. You wouldn't believe it. Um, not rubbish. I mean, it's all it's a lot of decent stuff. But I just don't use it. Um, and I yeah. haven't used it in, in years. I mean, I've got, like, quite a, a funky steering wheel for my PlayStation 3 when I was into playing Gran Turismo. Um, it turns out that's still worth £100, £150. Pounds. I figured it was worth almost nothing. Then I've got, like, an SLR camera that I haven't touched in, at least since I've had the iPhone ten, but probably way before that. Um, I've got this funky tripod that goes with it. All this stuff, I'm kind of, like, adding it up on eBay, thinking, well, if I sell the iMac and all this kind of tap that I never really, never really use, it's, like, kind of most of the way there, really. Um, yeah. So basically I'll just have to sell all of my stuff and then I'll get one laptop and that'll, that'll kind of represent <laughs> all of my stuff.
1: <laughs> so that'll be a win for sort of decluttering and, and minima- minimalization. I'll, I'll be in well. Johnny
0: Ives' white room. That'll just, there'll be nothing left except for the laptop. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like loads of old games consoles as well and I'm thinking, well, I never, I, never, I just never play them um, mm. Oh. When I say old, I'm talking like Xbox 360s, PS3. I haven't got any, any of the current gen stuff just because I'm not really into it that much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, so
1: stuff that's sort of like mm, on its way to becoming proper vintage, but give it another fight for 10 years.
0: Maybe, yeah. Of it. And I've got like an N64 kind of on the shelf collecting dust. Um, but yeah, I, I don't even know what they're worth. I, I, I didn't check that. I can't imagine they're worth much unless they're, like, collectible at this point, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I've done um, a few of these clear-outs over my time as well um, as I've sort of shifted between machines. And, and I mean, I did it last year before we moved out here to New Zealand. Uh, The result of that last year was my iPad Pro as well as, like, you know, obviously putting money towards the move and stuff. But that that was was something I, I got for me kind of in the process. And I think the thing I always always underestimate with it is exactly how much time ebay takes up like this sort of back and forth with sort of listing stuff then talking to people as you sell it and they ask you questions and then people don't pay you and shipping and wrapping stuff up i I always forget to kind of get you know the the packing paper or whatever until i've actually sold stuff and then that's another trip out and so i mean i think yeah I, i guess just uh it's easy to look around and kind of go yep there's a price on that there's a price on that, (laughs) and then you've kind of got to do all the legwork as well to get it out the door and then it may or may not sell as well so um but it's certainly worth doing you know like i mean if if stuff is just sitting there doing nothing it may as well be off and on its way with somebody who's going to use it and you put the cash to something you're going to use that's total sense
0: yeah heather always kind of laughs at me and kind of says you know all, the, all these old games consoles i've kind of like neatly arranged them so they almost look like they're on display <laughs> <laughs> she's, like, she's like what are they doing i was like oh, i don't know it's just like we've got a shelf and there's nothing on the shelf so i just lined up my old games consoles <laughs> for fun <laughs> it's, it's like,
1: the I'm museum just...
0: well it kind of is i've even got like a mega drive and stuff and um yeah it's a little bit sad oh I suppose, don't get rid of that you reckon
1: yeah no i'd, I'd hang on to that just because that's the sort of thing that I feel would be fun, to just sort of boot up and have a play every now and again.
0: Yeah, I suppose, but then I've kind of got, um, got emulators now, I suppose, for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true.
0: Depends, I mean, if it's, uh, like a t- if it's only going to fetch a tenner on eBay, I'll just hang on to it, but...
1: I'm betting that the recent rumours have kind of um, piqued your interest a little bit, because there's been rumours about new MacBooks um, and potentially new Mac minis and that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, so... What was that? Last last night, I became aware of it. Um, so what Mark German posted onto Bloomberg uh, about, yeah, a 13-inch MacBook Air replacement and some kind of Mac Mini. But it, it felt like the Mac Mini had almost like a pro slant to it, like it was going to be maybe aimed at devs a little bit and other, other things like that. Yes. Mac Mini, I, I, I don't know, every time the Mac Mini gets mentioned, I'm always just a bit like, yeah, whatever, because <laughs> I... I I've never owned one. I can never see myself owning one, um, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean to say that obviously lots of other people don't don't like them. Like I get the impression maybe you do.
1: Oh, I love them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I really do.
0: So you would be maybe interested in whatever comes out of this or or not? I would
1: be actually. Yeah. So my original uh, MacBook Pro that I was using sort of prior to Paper Kite, um, has been thoroughly co-opted by the kids uh, in the last year. And it's also sort of showing its age as well. So, yeah, I, I have kind of mentally earmarked, well, over the next year I should sort of set up something um, of my own in the sort of study room that we've got. And a Mac Mini would fit the bill in a lot of ways because, I mean, at that point, if you're sort of talking current price points um, or thereabouts, it, it would certainly sort of start to fit the bill because it's an easier... Um, an easier purchase to make in a lot of ways for a machine that's going to see sort of like intermittent use. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, equally, we, we run a Mac mini as well um, in the living room. So, cause of, course i I've got two kids um, and what we've done traditionally in the past is have a Mac mini that was sort of the, the children's machine. And kind of what's happening now is that um, obviously one goes on one machine and one goes on the other, and then they play Minecraft and, and do this that, and the other with them. So on a sort of like medium term, if I was to um, purchase a Mac Mini for me um, and there was any sort of upgrade cycle on that over the next sort of two or three years and I move on to another machine, well then that kind of frees up a machine to, to kind of be a hand-me-down through the family as well. So yeah, a Mac Mini would certainly kind of fit, fit where I'm at in a lot of ways.
0: I guess that kind of puts to bed the rumor of maybe the Mac Pro coming as more of a bare bone system.
1: Possibly, um, I think it depends on the sort of situation. So, like a, a, a upgraded Mac Mini that has Thunderbolt three on it that can work with the um, the eGPU um, that, that Apple released last month. Well, they've done it in, in partnership, haven't they? Um, so that's uh, and 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 so I mean, if you were to combine that with a Mac Mini, that's not pro but you're going into this direction of it. you've got a base computer, you've got um, a means of, of kind of um, enhancing it in some fashion. And I kind of wonder if that might be laying some of the sort of groundwork to the mentality that the, the updated Mac Pro could actually have.
0: That makes sense. But the MacBook, I I don't know. I feel like it, the, the whole thing with the MacBook to me has raised more questions than it's, than it's answered. So, I suppose the biggest thing for me with the with the MacBook is will it will this be an extension of what we currently see with the twelve inch MacBook, i.e., a slightly bigger chassis, probably with a fan and maybe an extra port, or are we looking at something completely different? Now, keep in mind that the twelve inch MacBook, um, I think here in the UK, is positioned at twelve hundred and fifty pounds. So, the rumor is this thirteen inch is going to be nine ninety nine. So, who's going to buy a low-powered twelve-inch at twelve fifty when there's kind of the bigger version that's going to come in at nine nine nine? I mean, I can't see Apple offering the twelve-inch at anything less than nine nine nine. No, that that just seems out of the question. So I stewed on it a bit today, and I wonder, I wonder if kind of the twelve-inch is going to be left alone, almost like it's it's a, it's its own product category that target ultra portability with a price tag that's higher so basically the kind of proposition is if you want something really really small and really really light and really really thin it's going to cost you which would then give this you know potential new 13 inch kind of its own space its own room to become what it needs to be to hit that 999 price point without being kind of pinned down with any preconceptions based on what the 12 inch was slash is i suppose yeah um so yeah, I think that that's kind of where I'm leaning on what you know what's likely to happen. Equally, consider the current MacBook Pros. Now, now reliability issues to one side. I mean, I know you've had issues with your keyboard, haven't you? Um, yes. But putting all that to one side, they've been pretty polarizing machines, I would say, since since the get go. Um, I mean, there's you know, USB C only. The even the feel of the keyboard again, disregarding its reliability, no SD card slot, things like that. And I feel that you know the market has been pretty vocal about this, and I wonder whether Apple would be looking to address these concerns in some way with a newer model of the MacBook Pro further down the road, like a, a rethought version of it. So, this is kind of where I'm going with this: is keep in mind how the 12-inch MacBook, in a lot of ways, has it kind of shaped the the MacBook Pros. I think it's fair to say. Yes. Um, yeah. So, is it possible that this 13-inch MacBook? could be the machine that paves the way for the next round of MacBook Pros perhaps with the 12 inch MacBook sticking around kind of being I guess like the MacBook Air of the lineup and that it's kind of the odd one out and it just hangs around you know infrequently outdated Um, (laughs) probably just going to hang there until Apple finally moved to arm so yeah I don't know given how polarizing the MacBook Pros are you kind of have to wonder whether Apple would be keen to replace them with an all-new model as soon as 2019 Uh, and that still would be three years you know based on you know 2016 wasn't it they first this like latest generation came in i think and that might be i guess it's a little sooner than you might expect maybe it's like four years five years where they do like a completely new one but given how polarizing they are maybe maybe it would be wise to kind of cut it at three years and and move on um close enough to their usual schedule that it wouldn't seem out of place i don't think
1: so I could certainly see them doing that in terms of like trying something new that's not a MacBook Pro, um, and kind of letting it sit in in the this sort of category to the side, uh, like you say, like they've done with with the MacBook itself. Um, it's sort of paving the way for the, the design that the Mac MacBook Pro will then have later on. Um, I'm unsure as to where the MacBook would actually sit if they did that. Like, I'm not sure whether it would sit above it in the price range or not. So I could see them potentially doing something with the existing MacBook and actually sort of saying, okay, we're not going to update it, but we will bump the price down a little bit. And then sitting this new machine kind of in its price point, uh, similar to how they sort of keep the older models of phone hanging around. As, as sort of the, the cheaper model to have as as new updates happen, yeah. But I mean, you know, the net effect will be the same thing. You'd have this new sort of take on on the the lower end machine, kind of come, butting in and, and showing how things might be uh, sort of heading for the MacBook Pro as well. I think coming back to your your current decision making um, in terms of like thinking about getting a, a a new machine and that sort of stuff, I think I would certainly be sort of saying, well. Uh obviously you know you've got like ebaying and sorting out and this that and the other to do ahead of that anyway, but like it, it would pay probably to sort of be um be, be waiting for these rumours to shake out and kind of see what um what's coming if something in that sort of new category is coming very, very soon, you know?
0: yeah i think um i would definitely wait to see what this 13 inch macbook is going to be i.e the macbook air replacement not because i've got any interest in buying it i don't i don't think it'd be a machine for me personally um we'll have to see i mean it might might turn out to be pretty good you never know but um yeah i think kind of like 80 90 chance of me not buying that machine but if it's kind of different enough that it might indicate that, okay, this is like a new path that Apple are on with their notebooks and obviously this is then going to roll out to the MacBook Pros. I would, st- I would then start kind of be, you know, sort of rolling the dice in my head thinking, well, probably the MacBook Pros will come in 2019, I would guess. So do I wait a year and then maybe get this kind of new path that Apple that Apple's on with, with their laptops? Because it does kind of feel like the current, 2018 MacBook Pros, you know, with that whole keyboard thing, it feels like a bit of a band-aid of a fix, like they're just trying to sort of get across the finish line and then they can get these new ones out that are hopefully going to fix all the problems properly as opposed to, you know, just by like plastering silicone over everything. Yeah. Um, and did you see Stephen Hackett? I think he's his bar is already starting to feel um, sticky in his 2018 model. Within, oh. I think he said it took 23 days. Wow, okay. No, I have not seen that oh no. yeah I kind of um, yeah I, I think uh, Marco Arment retweeted it or something and I was like oh no I kind of really hoped that this was going to kind of spell the end of all these key- I mean it, it might just be an isolated case but yep given the history <laughs> given how <laughs> quickly it's happened it's kind of like oh this doesn't smell good and and you you kind of got to think if that silicone membrane is there and it's to keep dust out it's going to also keep any dust in For good. Yeah, once it's in. yeah, And kind of the little um, bits that the keycap connects to. I mean, there are holes in that silicon membrane so that those plastic fittings can can sort of pierce through it and then connect to the keycap. Yeah, there is still ways for it to get in. It's just less likely perhaps that it will, but there is still definitely a way. So yeah, if if I was to see this new 13-inch MacBook and let's say it's got an SD card slot on the side and it's got this entirely new Generation 4 keyboard or, or something different... To me, that's kind of like, right, okay, this is what the new MacBook's going to sort of stem from. Um, and I'd be very inclined to wait for it, I think. I don't know.
1: I think I'd be, uh, in your position, I'd be keen to kind of jump on the, the new machine, regardless if it was basically powerful enough, um, just to sort of see, well, okay, what's, what's going on? Um, As in the 13-inch? Yeah. Yeah. Really? At, yeah, I think so. Um, I come at this from the point of view of... Um, yeah, so if, if I think about my sort of Mac uh, history, uh, at the point in time when I was running the um, the MacBook Pro, the old, obviously old but now, but at the time it was new enough, running a MacBook Pro for one thing and running a Mac Mini a couple of years later for sort of desktop duties, I made a transition a little later on, uh, like maybe another couple of years after that, uh, into running a, a MacBook Air as the sort of secondary machine so the map mini then sort of became like the the kid's computer um and my my non-video mixing machine was was the macbook air um and this is me kind of like uh edging out of really doing any any like gigs or anything where i would need the macbook pro and its power um and kind of consolidating into one machine um but yeah having a macbook air at that point the 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 2010 model uh had um had a a boost on its ssd the ram in it for the time was was decent um and the graphics card inside it was pretty good as well i think it was um, a bit of an anomaly because it had a a discrete nvidia gpu inside there of sorts or at least. it had a Nvidia one that was, um, you know, quite linked with the CPU. I'm trying to remember now. Like um, you, you could do basic sort of CUDA stuff with it, even though it wasn't really up to much.
0: Yeah, I think I remember. The, I remember the chip it was like the M9400
1: or something. Uh I, I honestly couldn't remember chip numbers. Um, but <laughs> in, in, in any case, the, the machine itself was a bit of a step change on the air, and it was that little bit more powerful, and it was basically powerful enough. And that was the machine that I first ran Xcode on um, and started learning iOS development on. So, yeah, I mean, I'll be keeping my eye on what these entry-level models are because it could they could totally be machines that people could do real work on as well. You know, even if they're underpowered compared to everything else, if they've got kind of enough then that that could certainly make them quite interesting as sort of like I say entry level machines or secondary devices, however you want to call it, or you know something to kind of pick up and invest in maybe on your way from desktop to a more powerful Macbook pro later on, sort of once they've got over these um whatever's going on with the keyboards and everything else you know actually it could could be a good sort of middle ground machine that's it's an upgrade on the um, I, I know you're using a, quite an old MacBook Pro now when you're actually not on your, your iMac. Yeah. So, you know, it'd be an upgrade over that. And if you're not on your iMac anyway, well, then, you know, you may as well have something that's, that's uh, a bit more powerful than the machine you are using. Um, so, yeah, I could see them actually fitting this sort of like stepping stone kind of kind of point and then it's a machine to either sell or hand down or whatever it is um, on a later-on upgrade to a MacBook Pro. So I wouldn't count them out yet, I guess is what I'm I'm saying, because I I can kind of see where these things can sort of come in at the side and and then be fun machines in their own right.
0: uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. The the
0: screen size would put me off, I think. Initially, the 13-inch, unless unless the panel was like a what's the resolution is it 1440 by 900 yeah that i think it's kind of like the 15 inch resolution effectively if they could fit that in a 13 inch screen to give me that that little bit more real estate than the 1280 by 800 because i did have an original um kind of white plastic MacBook back in the day yeah um, and i really really struggled with screen real estate on that big time um which is what convinced me to upgrade for the most part to the macbook pro fifteen inch I'm currently on now, so much so that I went for the um the anti glare high res screen option so on this fifteen inch it's like a sixteen eighty by ten fifty panel um so i'm pretty um pretty particular about having quite a lot of real estate where I can get it um so that would be the if it that'd be the one thing i think would stop it if it was a thirteen inch running at yeah, you know, something like twelve eighty by eight hundred or something. I I don't think I could, but yeah, never say never though. I suppose.
1: <laughs> I think it, it depends, right? So I'm looking at that, um, looking at what the Retina thirteen inches can do, and if you use screen scaling, you can get them to kind of look like um, either the 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 fourteen forty by nine hundred or the uh, sixteen eighty by ten fifty. So there might be a a route there in terms of, like, just sort of upping the scaling that could suit you? Possibly,
0: yeah. Um, As long as it didn't look too rubbish, I suppose I could live with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it will still be a fraction smaller, you know, regardless of the um, the, the sort of bezel or whatever they do. Yeah. I, I imagine so.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if, if I guess with retina screens, it's easier to do this kind of scaling and not make it look terrible because you've got so m- so you got loads more pixels to smooth things out.
1: In any case, I think it's going to be interesting to sort of see what does come later this year, and then it kind of um puts a bit of pay to the whole sort of attitude of like Apple not really doing anything new with the Mac and that sort of stuff, provided there are actually updates and this isn't just a rumor, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, and I think it would be nice for the Mac to have more than just uh, this year's bump on the MacBook Pros. I think there needs to be sort of other narratives and narratives that are not all about sort of these uh, really, really expensive Pro machines that, you know, only certain people are, are actually buying. Um, I think there needs to be this this kind of like lower end take on stuff that sort of anybody can jump on board with. Uh, yeah. Because they... that's how we get new users, right?
0: Yeah, and, and you know, these need to be the Macs that you could like send a kid off to college with or something like that. Um and again, you know, once you go through college with a, a Mac, probably when you maybe get out of college and get into a job, what are you gonna buy next? Maybe a MacBook Pro, maybe, you know, it's it's kinda like the it's the gateway into the ecosystem. Um and I feel like that's that section of the MacBook lineup has been missing for a long, long time. So this yeah, this can't come soon enough. okay we'll call that a wrap if you've enjoyed today's show it'd be great if you could leave us a review on itunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in overcast by hitting that star button that will help us reach even more like-minded people um, also we have our slack channel we'd love to invite you to join our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out if you'd like to join uh, just leave us a message on twitter at wfr podcast and we'll get you signed up so dave before
1: we run off where can people find you you can find me on twitter at dwroboheads that's robohead spelt with a z and you can find my apps at roboheads.com again that's robohead spelt with a z how about you dave
0: you can follow me online at DaveNot.co.uk or on twitter i'm at underscore daveknot